You are listening to BiblioAsia Plus, a podcast produced by the National Library of Singapore. At BiblioAsia, we tell stories about Singapore's past, some unfamiliar, others forgotten, all fascinating. I'm Jimmy Yap, the Editor-in-Chief of BiblioAsia, a publication of the National Library. And today, we will be talking about the forgotten murals of Paialeba Airport. Paialeba opened in 1955 as Singapore's main airport. As air travel became more popular, the airport had to be expanded. And in 1962, construction began on a new international passenger terminal building that opened two years later. To adorn the interiors of the building, the government decided to have large murals installed in key locations. There was a competition to pick the designs, and in the end, three murals were chosen, two by William Mundy and one by Shamsuddin H. Akib. These murals were hard to miss. They were between 9 to 12 metres long and about 1.5 metres high, and because they were in prominent areas, the murals became iconic. One of them in particular, a mural which depicted various cultural dances of Malaysia, has probably been the backdrop of thousands of photos. People used to pose in front of it when they went to see their friends and family off at the airport. However, with the opening of Changi Airport in 1981, Pai Leba Airport became an Air Force base and the murals vanished from the public eye. A few decades later, Dalia Shamsuddin, the daughter of the artist Shamsuddin H. Akib, decided to find out what had happened to these murals. What she discovered broke her heart. Dahlia subsequently wrote about these murals and their fate in BiblioAsia. Dahlia is a senior librarian at the National Library Board and she's here today to tell us the whole story. Welcome to BiblioAsia Plus, Dahlia. Um, so Dahlia, tell me, what's happened to the three murals? Okay. Of the three murals, only one mural remains. Two of the murals have been destroyed. Okay, which, of, which mural has remained? Okay. Mural that is still remaining is uh, Skyline of Singapore by Bill Mundy. Uh, the other two murals that were destroyed, my father's one, and Bill's other mural on Malaysia. Tell us a little bit about the relationship between Bill and your father. My father was working for Papino Advertising in the early in the, she worked there in the 50s up to the 60s and uh, Bill came to Singapore in about 1960 or early 60s and joined Papino Advertising and so they were colleagues. My father was a commercial artist. That was what they called graphic artists then at that time. Uh, Bill came in and he was art director. Yeah. And so how did the two of them you know, end up taking part in the competition and winning? Both of them decided to join the uh, competition, but they didn't tell each other because um, the announcement came out in the papers, so they decided to join. Then later on, my father found out that uh, Bill, you know, was taking part and found out that Bill sub wanted to submit two murals, two designs. So my father said, OK, if he can submit two, I will submit two as well. Yeah. Tell me, what were the two designs that your father submitted? Because Bill submitted two and both of them were accepted. Yeah. Your father submitted two, one, only one. So tell me about the one that, was, that, that your father submitted. 
Okay, the one that my father submitted was on cultural dances of Malaysia. Can you describe it a little bit to us? There were dances depicted in the mural. So you had a couple, Chinese dance in a Chinese wayang um, costume. And you had Indian dancers. And uh, there was another couple with the Malay dance, but this wasn't the traditional or the less uh, or the more well-known Malay dance. My father decided to depict uh, Mak Yong dancers because um, his elder sister and her husband had moved to Kelantan um, after the war. And uh, I think he decided to depict the Mayong dancers from Klantan as a um, connection with his sister. And the third and uh, the fourth dancer was a Sarawak dancer. I asked my father why? Why did you pick Sarawak? And he said Sarawak was part of Malaysia, you know. So at that time people were talking about Singapore, Malaysian Sabah being part of Malaysia. So that's why he depicted that. Uh, your, your father submitted two. Yes. Tell us about the one yeah. that wasn't picked. Um, the other one had a very fascinating um, title called Fascinating Eating Habits of Singaporeans. I asked my father what was designed. He can't remember at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the design was returned to him. Yeah. Lost, lost, sadly lost. I was reading um, your article and it says that your father's mural is particularly hard to execute. Because like iron strips, it wasn't a straightforward mosaic. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about it? So um, the the iron strips were or grills, as my father calls them, uh, were made in Singapore. So the tiles or were from Italy. Uh, Bill had gone to Italy to choose the colours, yeah, and the tiles. So they were all shipped to Singapore. So once they were shipped to Singapore, you know all. It was easy for the workers to just paste it on, you know, fix it on the wall. But my father's was an added one because the tiles were the background and the figures were in iron. So it had to be made in Singapore. Yeah, so that was the added one. And because, you know, there were a lot of curls and, you know, you had the figures and the flowing ropes, costumes of the dancers. So there was actually a lot of work. And uh, my father said that he went to, you know, to where the workers did it. It wasn't done in Paileba itself. And, uh, you know, the, the one of the workers told him, Wah, lu punya banyak susah. Because all that, you know, Turning Bending. and twisting, you know. So, do you do you remember what your first impression of the mural was when you when you went to the airport? Do you do do you, do you go to the airport and your father say, "I did that"? No, actually, I yeah, my father never. I don't remember my father telling me that. Oh, you know, I designed that. I sort of like just knew it, you know. So when I used to go to the airport. Not to fly, because at that time during the 70s, it's basically to, you know, see somebody off. And basically, it was usually my aunt who went to Mecca, you know. So we would go there. And I would go to the airport, look at the mural, and tell myself, that, that, that. And then after that, go off. And we never took any photographs Tragic. of it. Yeah. 
at that time, not many people had, you know, cameras. And, well, my father had a box uh, camera. But, uh, you know, it's not like now when you have a smartphone and everyone takes photographs all the time of everything, right? You know, yeah, we never took a photograph. My father doesn't have a photograph of his murals. Neither does Bill. That's, that's so tragic. So after Paileba Airport becomes Paileba Airbase, nobody can go in anymore, right? It gets turned into this military installation, yeah. right? And that was around 1981. There's a bit of a story about how you've, you got permission to go to Paileba Airbase to, to hunt down the murals. Okay, I, th I, I, I told several friends about it and they said, uh, yeah, then we all decided that, okay, maybe I should uh, ask Mindef what happened to it. So I emailed them in 2009. I only got permission in 2010. I could only, only my father and I could see it. You know, we had <laughs> quite a number of friends who wanted to see it, you know, and said, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't only, you know, just my father and I. So we left our handphones at the guard. So we were met by the PR person, young lady, and uh, NS man, a private in the Air Force. And we walked over to the building and everything inside was actually boarded up. I mean, it's, there were a lot of cubicles, you know. So the whole space had been partitioned yeah, off yeah, into partition, cubicles. Yeah, you know. It wasn't a nice partition, it was just, for, for the, the Air Force people, it was just somewhere where they work. Right. The most important thing are the aeroplanes, you know. Right. So we, the only thing we could see was uh, Bill's mural because it was one level up. So you stand down, then you look up, you can see the mural, it's still there, it's right. not covered up. Right, because it was actually on a staircase landing, Yeah. right, was. so nobody was going to put an Officers on the staircase landing, yeah, because, so that, yeah. that, that place was very, the place was very prominent and very sort of public, right? People were just mm -hmm. walking back and forth. And it was like a passageway, a very yes. narrow passageway. Nobody's going to build cubicles there. So, yeah. so when you went, could you even find your father's mural? No, we, I, uh, I managed to get uh, the souvenir program um, that was published in 1964. So there was like two pages where they showed a plan of the, uh, no, yeah, the building. of the building, you know, just so we could count. There were pillars, you know, they indicated pillars. So basically, we were like counting pillars. And while we were walking there, and then there were some uh, RAF people who joined us, you know, and they were very helpful. They said, okay, let's go here. And then one of the men said, ah, I think there is a mural, you know. And I said, where? And then they went to site and then they pulled a board, you know, some, yeah, the, the board, and they pulled it. See? And then my father said, no, 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 it's not, it's not. It's some, yeah, it was something else, you know. And I was like looking up because I remember there were, from the photographs I've seen, you know, in the NES collection, that there were phone booths and my father's mural was above the phone booths. But, you know, going around, where are the phone booths? I thought I saw something that looked like booths, but they were all used as something else. So you can't really, yeah. So we went around searching, you know, so we had a small entourage following us. And yeah, we couldn't find it. Uh, we managed to walk, uh, we, we walked up to Bill's mural, had a close look, you know, could see that the, the mosaic tiles were not 
like the usual, you know, flooring mosaic tiles. So they were very pretty. Some of them were Milfiore uh, tiles. Some of them had a shimmer, a bit of a glitter. So it was not just flat, plain tiles. So very nice, yeah. So, well, um, so, so that was a, a bit of a, a, a wasted journey. But subsequently, you know, you, you, you found out that there's a reason you couldn't find your father's mural. Yeah, because uh, while we were there, you know, at the end of the tour, you know, the PR said uh, that this building, they were they're moving over to a new building. And, you know, once they'd taken everything down, then they would be able to find out where the two murals were located. At that time, we didn't know that the murals were destroyed. We assumed that they were whole. So I said, okay, you know, they will inform us. But yeah, you know, I think they were very busy and everything. They, nobody informed us. So until 2012, Bill was in Singapore and I invited him to attend an exhibition. And we were informed by somebody who saw the murals that Two of the murals were destroyed. Only one remaining was the skyline of Singapore because it was, I think, it's, yeah, because it was up there, you know. I asked what, you know, how was it, what was left? My father's mural, the figures were torn out while Bill's one, the bottom half, was gone. No. How, how did your father feel when you, when you told him this? Um, when his friend told us, Bill and I, Bill kept quiet. I went home, I told my father, he just kept quiet. And about what, three years later, when Bill visited Singapore again, because he travels to Singapore quite often, while we were at my dad's place, you know, so I asked both of them, what was your reaction, you know, when you got the news? You're very angry, very sad, as Bill said, shocked. Yeah, it was very, yeah, my father also said, yeah, it was very sad, you know. Yeah, they didn't go on and on, but I think that being men, yes, you know, I'm very angry and sad, I'm shocked. That's it, move on. Do you think your father would have liked to have kept his mural if he had the chance? Yeah, you know, when I wrote the article, I asked my father, okay, what's your wish? And he said, he wants it recreated. What what do you think you know will happen to the last surviving mural? Now, because now uh, the whole they're moving out of eventually going to move out of Pai Leba uh, Airbase, and it'll be turned into a you know there'll be housing development there. Uh, what do you think will happen to the the last surviving mural? Yeah, I I hope that the mural will be retained. The building and the building will be retained so that the, you know, the mural doesn't have to be moved anywhere because it depicts the skyline of Singapore at that moment in time. For people who are interested, you can see what the murals look like um, in the July 2021 issue of BiblioAsia. And in fact, uh, Bill's, Bill Mundy's Skyline of Singapore is on the cover of BiblioAsia. Right? And Dahlia's story is actually inside. Uh, how long did it take for you, you know, to write this article, Dahlia? It took me five years. <laughs> why, why did it take you five years? What, what, what do you mean it took you five um, years? I think the more I researched, the more information. If I had done it um, earlier, I think I wouldn't have got all the information I wanted. I'm glad I waited five years. So tell me, what do you do at the library? You're, you're a librarian. 
but you're not working at the National Library or the Public Library. So what do you do at the library? I'm a cataloger. I catalog uh, legal deposit. What is that? Okay, if you are a publisher, under the NLB Act, you are supposed to deposit two copies of your publication to NLB. I think that also includes digital publication now. At least we have a record of all the books that are published in Singapore. And so you catalogue all these books that come in? Yeah. So you, so you really get first dibs on like, you know, all, all the new books published in Singapore? Published in Singapore, yeah. Okay, so this is what I would consider my favourite part of the interview. Uh, who do you think is the coolest person in Singapore history? Hedwig Anwar. Oh, okay. Uh, apart from the fact that she's a librarian, why do you say that? Oh, uh, she, when she was uh, studying in London, she was a member of the Malayan Forum and also the Malayan Students' Union. Uh, as a member of a Malayan Forum, she and other students discussed Malayan politics and current affairs. And she also wrote uh, poems a parody about uh, during her time then, uh, Singapore polit politics and Malayan politics. Yeah, the library has a copy and so do I. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. It was published in 1999 by Landmark Books. Ah, okay. Which historical figure would you like to have dinner with? Florence Nightingale. Oh, why? Was your mother a nurse? Yes, my mother was a nurse. Yes, and not only that, um, Florence Nightingale was also a data visualizer. You know, she she was the one who who popularized using um, pie charts. She was a statistician. Really? Yes. Yeah. So now, in you know, now we are talking about data mining, data. You know, all these. Yeah, doing a lot of data, getting information. So she used that a lot. What are you reading these days? Uh, there's this book that was published recently, Hairat Kita. Okay, subtitle, A History of Malay Muslim Mutual Aid in Singapore. Uh, one of the things they do is they, they help organise, uh, if you have a funeral, and you know when somebody passes away, often you don't know what to do, you know. So you, you contact, you know, this uh, hierarch and they will come and help you with everything with the funeral preparations. And, you know, with uh, Muslim funerals, you know, you, usually everything is done within 24 hours. You have to, yeah. So it's very helpful, you know. Uh, yeah, and I think besides uh, funeral um Anything to do with funerals, they also have a social um, social work. They even provide uh, bursaries for children, for members. You become a member, yeah. And a lot of these uh, hierarchs, all these societies or organisations, they were actually created by kampongs or even, let's say, the, the you know customs people, they had their own to help members, you know, so what do you do? Uh, so this is one of the things that they do. So uh, this book actually highlighted what uh, the Hirat did. There used to be lots more, a uh, few hundred, but I think in 1980s when there were fewer kampongs, 
So the authorities decided, okay, you you merge or you know. So there were like I think maybe they have less than hundred, less than fifty right now, but they play a very important role because all these things were from the ground up, helping each other, helping the community, and uh, it's not only for your funeral, death expenses or rights, but also other social functions to bind, you know, either people in a kampong or people in a organization together. Okay. So I'm gonna say one I'm gonna say something to you. I just want you to respond without thinking. Pile by airport. Aeroplanes. Okay, that's very obvious. Um, Concord. Okay, Concord. Did or did Concord land at Pile? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, Concord. Okay. History is important. Okay, why? If you don't know your history, then do you know who are you as a people? But most important is, do not make the same mistakes, you know, when moving forward. And Biblio Asia is must read. Thank you for that free advertising, as I tell everyone. Thank you very much, Dahlia, for joining me on Biblio Asia Plus to read um, all about the murals, how they were designed, and how their fate was uncovered. Please read Dahlia's article on the Biblio Asia website. You can find it at biblioasia.nlb.gov.sg and look for the forgotten murals of Pai Lebai Airport. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast and the BiblioAsia newsletter. Thank you for joining me on BiblioAsia Plus.